Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Sunday, October 6th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 335, featuring Celtics team reporter and analyst Mark D'Amico, is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It is October. Preseason begins tonight at the Garden against Kemba Walker's old Hornets team, same one that just so happens to employ Terry Rozier now, if you happen to miss that somewhere along the way. Regular season, not too far away, October 23rd in Philadelphia. So there's a lot coming in the coming weeks, and uh, that's a good thing, because I think a lot of people kind of got sick of summer, at least with regard to projecting and talking, and yeah, there is going to be an element of that here in this show, but at least knowing that guys are at camp and they're meeting with the media and things are right around the corner. Adam Kaufman here with you for another edition of Celtics Beat with someone who has seen it all, done it all, and will be around it all, Celts team reporter and analyst Mark D'Amico. How'd the offseason treat you, man? Treated me well. Treated me well. Glad to see some new guys in Boston. Some other guys are out of Boston, unfortunately, but hey, we're ready for the season. I told Jalen Brown the other day, I'm ready. You're ready. Let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just all put it together. Yeah. Fortunately <laughs> for some, unfortunately for others, we won't go name by name. This is largely going to be a uh, prediction-driven show. We're going to get to all that. We're going to hear from some of the guys. Great. And, uh, yeah, well, it's it's a good opportunity to see if we're smart or dumb at the end of the year. I, I like to, you know, do some of that. Well, inevitably. But the good thing is so many shows will happen in between, nobody's going to even remember. So, you know, we we have that on our side. Something top of mind, though, since I, I mentioned the preseason game coming up here, I don't know in this moment if Rozier is going to play in this game, but whether it is tonight or down the road, when he does return, what do you think the reception's going to be? Because he was beloved two postseasons ago. I mean, we all remember the Bledsoe stuff and wearing Drew's jersey, a real fan favorite, Scary Terry, all of it. Then this summer, fans couldn't have gotten rid of him fast enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, my guess is that he's going to come in and get some cheers. I'm sure there will be a few boos here and there, but I don't think either side of that story is going to be overwhelming. I think it'll kind of just be like, you know, um, Eddie House returning or, you know, someone Don't like you besmirch Eddie House's name. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think the crowd's going to go nuts one way or the other, right. especially tonight for this game. Like, I, I just think that – um, you know, his career was not long enough here and he didn't play a prominent enough role to really sway the fan base one way or the other to, you know, go crazy on him with cheers or, you know, you know, swamp him with booze all night um, when he comes back. So, 
I think it'll be a mixture. Um, I'm sure he'll he'll wind up, you know, giving the crowd a wave uh, because I, I do think that the uh, the cheers will be a little bit more abundant than the booze. It's funny. I, I agree it's going to be a mix. I think the boos are going to ring a little bit louder in the cheers, not because okay. he deserves that, but just simply because that's the note he went out on. And I think people tend to stick with the whole, what have you done for me lately, fair or unfair? I think largely his Boston tenure was obviously more successful than unsuccessful. And there's no way, even if the Celtics were put in a position where Kemba Walker didn't come here and they had to make a choice, even if they brought Terry back, which I think fans should have been more open-minded to than they were on social media anyway, it wasn't going to be for nearly the dollars that the Hornets gave him. So he got a great contract and good for him and you know, you wish him well. But I, I'm curious what the ovation is going to be. But media yeah, day... And I will say this. Celtics sure. fans should cheer Terry Rozier because if Terry Rozier didn't sign that contract to go down to Charlotte, Kemba Walker might not be in town. It's true. So you've got Kemba Walker thanks to Terry Rozier. So be appreciative of that. In part, and obviously the Hornets not wanting to go to that Supermax and Kemba maybe feeling <laughs> a little insulted on the way out the door. But, I, you know, it's for him to say, obviously. But uh, Media Day was almost a week ago now, and I know you weren't there, which was really a shame because you missed uh, the tray of cookies that Ennis Cantor brought out. You missed Marcus Smart <laughs> walking around in a robe all day. The there robe. were lots of stuff. i got to get myself one of those robes. <laughs> it was nice, huh? Nice Celtics. Yeah, I'll just wear it to the games. <laughs> you could be uh, the Celtics version of Hugh Hefner. <laughs> I don't know if I can go that far. Yeah, I wanted to see how far you'd take it. But uh, Media Day, its I mean, it is generally fluff, obviously, and we all know that. You don't hear much. The common themes were, and you know this, it's uh, a new year, fresh start, last year doesn't matter, people really weren't even mentioning Kyrie Irving's name, and his Cantor deliberately not mentioning his name. Uh, everyone's excited, getting along great, the rookies are fun, Kemba Walker's an awesome dude, Gordon Hayward's back, Jalen Brown cut his hair, and if Taco Fall doesn't make the roster, fans are going to riot. Did, uh, did did I miss anything? No, that's all roses, right? That's exactly <laughs> what every NBA season is. Well, it's uh, that's at least what every NBA season is this time of year. Exactly. You know, it's, uh, I'm sure that's what it is, and not that I've been listening or paying attention, but in, in every camp across the country... All, all, you know, 30 of these teams, I bet that's basically what it sounds like. This is what the Lakers were during training camp last year. We all know how that wound up. Well, there, so there you go. Hopefully it projects better for the Celtics. If anybody is wondering, <laughs> Brad Stevens does like the new mix. I like this team. I like their work ethic. They've done a great job of earning the right to, to practice well, to start a season well. But there's a lot of things ahead, and you know we're looking forward to getting started. And if you are wondering, yes, Jalen did address shaving the flat top. New energy, new team, new year. Just decided to, you know, make some changes, and I guess my hair was a part of that. I guess a little bit more aerodynamic. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. But, Mark, the biggest ongoing story of, you know, the week, of weeks to come, maybe all season, it's the Hayward hype train and the questions that surround that. You know, how fast is this locomotive going to go? He's two years removed from his Celtics career opening injury. The leg is good now, no longer depressed. And uh, real quick, let's hear from him. He says he's ready to go. I am excited. I think um, health-wise, I think mentally, I feel a lot better going into this year, Uh, not only just um, because I was able to train and kind of build some confidence that way. I think confidence comes from repetition more than anything and um, practice and, and the reps, but um, also just having a year with the guys, um, getting a chance to be acclimated to the team and kind of uh, the system that we are in and, and that type of stuff too. So definitely feel a lot better and certainly excited about this year. 
more and more people are all in on Hayward looking like Utah Hayward last year. And it almost seems like we're at a point where no one is even talking about it in a cautionary way, the way they were, you know, this time last year. This year, it's like, well, that year's behind us and we saw some flashes and now he's, he's confident and he's, he's feeling good about himself, obviously feeling healthy. Kyrie is gone, which is probably a good thing for him. People are all in. Are you? I don't know if I'm all in, but I'm close. I, I do think that that locomotive train that you spoke of will chug along a little bit faster than it did last year. I mean, the biggest difference to me is that he he had an entire summer to get back to his routine, right? He wasn't rehabbing this past summer that just ended. He was working toward this season. So everything he did over the summer was honing the skills and, and, and really – Um, He wasn't getting back to who he used to be. He was working on who he used to be. Um, He's fully healthy. You can tell that his confidence is just, you know, much higher than it was last year because, I mean, the the, the first week of training camp, he was talking about his ankle every day. I don't think he's talked about it at all um, during training camp leading up to this game tonight. So I do expect that. I don't think that he's going – to necessarily come out, you know, the, the first week or two of the season and, and be that guy who was out in Utah as an all-star in the Western Conference. But I do think he's going to be a really darn good player for the Celtics this season. I don't think he's going to be coming off the bench like he did last year. Um, and, and the one thing that I do want to say is that, you know, the numbers might not work out to be what they were. You know, even if he does play on the level that he did in Utah, I don't think the numbers are necessarily going to match what he did in Utah. I agree with that. Because he's got a lot more around him here. Um, And you've got guys like Jason Tatum, um, Jalen Brown, who are, are, I believe, actually finally ready to take that step forward. And then you've got Kemba Walker. So I think there's just much more balance to this team than what he had out in Utah. So I think that he's going to get close to playing at the level that he did out there but I don't quite know if the stats are going to align with what he put up while he was in Utah that All-Star season. No, I totally agree with that. And, I mean, I think I even talked about that with, with some of the guests on this show when he signed with Boston initially, and it's it's even more true now, the fact that, you know, you, you look at the Utah team, he was the man. You look at this team, and he's probably, what, at best the third scoring option behind Kemba and Tatum in a, in a perfect world anyway. So I agree. You know, he's, he's not going to put up 20 points a game. And if he does, if things have either gone really, really, really right for him and for Boston or somebody went down with an injury and, and there's a problem. Yeah. But, you know, it, it can go either way. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think that his playmaking is what's going to be at a different level this year. I right. think that he's going to be much more explosive off the dribble. He's going to be able to rise higher and finish around the basket. And when you add that stuff into the passing that he even had last season, we saw it throughout the entire season, you've got a playmaker there that can really do things, uh, put pressure on the defense with all that talent around him. Well, and as I said, you know, everyone has Gordon, everybody else. They've they've all talked about the importance of the fresh start. I could play you hours of sound from each and every guy on that, even Shemi Ojale talking about it. And just building of chemistry. And, That's why they've got and, new haircuts. Exactly. Yeah, and Shemi is no exception. His hair is all over the place. But <laughs> exactly. uh, I, I will give you this from Hayward as, as a last bit of sound to just kind of sum it all up. I think you learn that nothing's just going to be given to you in this league. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of just handed us the trip to the finals and thought we were going to you know walk our way to the eastern conference finals and that's you know obviously not the case and didn't happen and um there's there's a lot more to basketball than just uh you know kind of looking at who's on the team i think um some of the intangible things we didn't do as good of a job last year and i think individually each one of us kind of probably had a lot to think about this summer and a lot to learn from of um what you could we could 
all do better. And uh, certainly I use that as, as motivation for myself to be a lot better player during this offseason, making sure that I was getting my work in. But I think we're all looking forward to this season, kind of that fresh start feel. Which, again, begins in just a few weeks at this point. So here's the fun, Mark. Here's here's where a challenge that we both have to accept because we've got about 20, 25 minutes to work with. And in the spirit of the Celtics having won 17 banners, I have 17 questions. We're going to hit on all of them. So I want you to oh mentally God. budget your time a little bit. These Ooh, are, I'm going to try. I know. Okay. these uh, Predictions, we'll both make them. I'll let you talk more. But predictions from both of us on each of these areas for this season. And they're not your typical, is Jason Tatum going to take a leap this year? We're going much more cut and dried. Here's the first one. Team MVP. Jason Tatum. Why? Want me to back that up? A little bit. We do, well, have, so, we do have some time to work with. Okay, all right, I'll give you a little juice on that. I think that he's going to be much more dynamic driving to the basket, and he's not going to settle for the three or for the mid-range. I know we've talked about that all summer. Um, I'll give you a couple numbers here, but last season he averaged five and a half drives per game. During that 2018 playoff run, when he was dominant and led the team to Game 7 of the conference finals, 10 drives per game. So I think he's going to get closer to that number this season. And as such, he's going to put up numbers. I really do think he's going to improve his numbers all the way across the board this season. I like the pick. I think very highly of him. I think he's going to have a great year, and we'll talk more about that. But I'm going to go with Kemba Walker. I think that Kemba's going to fit in seamlessly. It feels like, you know, kind of a a chalk pick. I realize that. It's not a cop-out. I just think that he is not going to put up the same numbers that Kyrie did, but I think he will be as effective, as efficient, and arguably a better player within Brad's system than Kyrie was, even maybe than Isaiah Thomas was, considering the ability on both sides of the ball. I think he's going to have a really strong year, and we're going to be looking at him as as the guy that turned things around, hopefully, for this team. How about... I do think that he's going to look a lot more like Isaiah Thomas in this offense than Kyrie Irving. I agree with that. How about the team's rookie of the year? My pick would be Grant Williams. Um, I agree. The reason I say that is because I, th- I think this team needs some versatile size. Uh, Brad Stevens said earlier this week that this kid is going to be an NBA player for a long, long time. Uh, And I can just tell that Brad really likes what he sees out of this kid. Uh, He's going to play some four and some five and might even slide over to some three at some times for for a bigger lineup if Brad wants to go with it. But he can shoot the three, he can defend, uh, and he doesn't care about his numbers. He just wants to win. I think that's going to get him the Rookie of the Year award for the Celtics. Yeah, I agree. I'm right there with you. I've been talking about Williams for a while now. I was really high on the pick at the time. I think that he, a lot of people after Summer League were big on Carson Edwards and understandably why, and I think he'll certainly have a role on this team and and maybe takes a little while to get going, but when he does, he can be that microwave off the bench. He can be that Eddie House type who we mentioned in in a perfect world, but I think Williams is just going to play a lot, and he's going to be relied upon a lot, and he's a guy that, like you said, he's so selfless, doesn't care about his own game with regard to what shows up in in the stat sheet. I think he's going to just come in and, and be very effective for this group and serve a role at multiple positions, so I'm with you. How about, and this is a tricky one, Sixth man of the year. Sixth man of the year, <laughs> undoubtedly Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart's coming off the bench this year. I think uh, you're going to have that that top four guys that I think we all think of with the Celtics in terms of scoring with, you know, Kemba, Tatum, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown. And I think that you're going to have a center mixed in there who I think will be NF Cantor. But yeah, my sixth man, as a result, is going to have to be Marcus Smart, one of the best defenders in the league, and I'm pretty sure his numbers are going to keep going up in terms of shooting percentages this year. See, here's the funny thing. I agree with you. That was also my pick. But where it's not 
undoubtable. A few weeks ago, I had Gary Washburn on the show. He told me he thinks Smart continues to start. Gordon Hayward comes off the bench. I then had, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was Mark Murphy that was on the show and said that he believes that Smart continues to start. Jalen Brown comes off the bench. So I don't know what Brad's That's thinking. A good problem I, to have if it, you're Brad Stevens. It is a great problem to have, but it does make you wonder which guy is the sixth man of the year. It's true. It's true. Well, we're we're going to find out here in the next couple of weeks and find out what Brad's rolling with with the with the lineups. But I think that the best way for Brad to approach this this year is to give those top guys. I mean, we all saw what happened last year with guys wanting more opportunities. Now the door is open. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have an opportunity to play those roles that they wanted to play. And I think Marcus Smart just seamlessly fits in off the bench no matter who he's playing with. So I, I think that that's the route that Brad's going to go. Well, and honestly, here's the bottom line. Brad doesn't care. He doesn't care who starts. Like, whether it's Marcus, whether it's Gordon, whether it's Jalen, whichever one of them is coming off the bench, you know, to begin games, they're all going to average 30 points a game anyway. 30 minutes a game, rather. 30 minutes, yes. I, I will agree with you there that Brad doesn't care, but the players care. And yes. I think that's, that's, that's something that we learned last season, and that's something that Brad's going to probably tread a little lightly on this season and make sure that he's making – decisions that will keep this team tight-knit and together and not have people rooting for themselves. I'm going to assume this is between one of two guys. Leading scorer. Leading scorer, Kemba Walker all day, every day. Let's go. It's Kemba. Yeah, I, I think it's Kemba too. I know, again, that hype train not just on Hayward, but in particular on, on the bounce back and then some for Jason Tatum. Some people want to put him there. I just think Kemba's comfortably going to lead this team in scoring. I don't think Tate, frankly, I don't think Tatum's going to average 20 a game. I think he'll increase over what he did last year. I think he'll be in the maybe 18, 19 neighborhood, but I don't see him surpassing 20 a game, and I think Kemba will. I'm saying 19 to 22 for Tatum but I think Kemba will be above that. Quick break to tell you today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football season, a quarter of the way through already, and BetOnline.ag is the only place you want to go to cash in on the gridiron this year. Bet on every spread, every money line, all the overs, the unders, everything. Take a shot at who is going to win the Super Bowl. Patriots right now, plus 350, even without Antonio Brown. Defense is ridiculous. Feels like a pretty solid gamble. Chiefs, plus 500. Saints lead the NFC, plus 1,000. Cowboys, plus 1,200. There's solid value there. Niners, haven't lost yet. Jimmy Garoppolo's club, plus 2,000. Just something to consider. Don't forget you can make custom player props at betonline.ag. Pick any player, any stat during any game BetOnline will give you a line for it. Get in on the action today with CLNS's sportsbook partner, BetOnline.ag, today with a 50% bonus on your first deposit of $55 or more. Use the promo code CLNS50 to qualify for the bonus. Again, that's CLNS50 at BetOnline.ag. Let's get back to the show. Will this team have any All-Stars? If so, who? Yes, Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum. Same two I've got. Yeah, right there with you. Is it, are we allowed to do this? We're agreeing a little too much. Well, I, I sense as we it go on, it's going to separate take. a little bit. It's, it's definitely not first take. <laughs> but then again, am I supposed to argue with you just for the sake of uh, you know disagreement and, and entertainment? No, you, you can't argue with someone who's right. Well, okay. so there you go. All right, how about this? This one uh, provides us a, a little bit more wiggle room, more to choose from anyway. Best newcomer, be it a rookie or otherwise. Well, if if Kemba Walker's going to lead the team in scoring, I would have to see he, say he's going to be the best newcomer. I just think that he fits in perfectly with this team. You know, his personality, his ability on the court. As I said earlier, I think that he's going to look a lot more like Isaiah Thomas in this offense than Kyrie Irving. 
And I think that the leadership and, and just his personality, it's really going to mold well with this team and help the team mold well together. So I, I would have to say he's going to be the top newcomer. In the interest of potential disagreement, and frankly, I should have done this as I asked the question, removing Kemba from the equation, who would you pick? Grant Williams. Yeah, I just, I just think he brings so much to the table, both on the court and off the court. Um, you can tell that you know, everyone he's around is smiling all the time. Hmm. And I, I think that that's something that goes maybe a little bit unheralded around the league in terms of you know the media. Uh, but guys like that who can both be on the team and help the team on the court, uh, but also help them in the locker room and just keep them jovial. I mean, you look back, Amir Johnson, a lot of people didn't you know think that Amir Johnson made a big impact on the Celtics while he was here. Well, I'll tell you what, like every day he got on the bus, got on the plane. It didn't matter if the Celtics lost by 50 or if they won by 50. He was the same guy every day, kept people happy, kept people smiling. That goes a lot longer on a team and in that locker room than a lot of people think. I love Grant. Well-established, obviously. The guy I'm going to pick is another guy who's always smiling, at least while he's happy with his projected minutes. That's Ennis Cantor. I think the Cantor okay. is going to be a uh, a really good fit for what they need him to do. I think he's going to rebound well. I think he's going to provide some offensive rebounds. I think he's going to score in the, I don't know, 10, 12 point per game range. I don't think he's going to be the sieve defensively that everyone expects him to be. I don't think he'll be good defensively. I just think he'll be respectable enough within this system to hold his own. He won't have so many minutes that he gets exposed and he will fit as long as he is the starting big man. And and then at that point, obviously, you hope that he isn't a problem because he's upset with his minutes. We've seen that track record in the past. But I, I in terms of overall isolating, happy, fitting in newcomer, I'm going to go Ennis Cantor. I like it. I like it. I'm really curious. I think that the center position, and in particular Ennis Cantor, is probably the most intriguing position on the league just because we don't know how the Celtics offense is going to operate without a big man who can shoot from three-point range because they haven't had to move in that direction in quite some time. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. I suspect we will agree on this one. Most improved player? Jalen Brown. Mm, okay. I was going to go Gordon Hayward. Maybe we don't agree there. No, I was going to no, go I Gordon. Jason, I think Jason Tatum is, is going to continue to improve. I, I don't think that Jason Tatum is going to take a leap because we've already seen what he can be. Right? He did it in his rookie season in the postseason. He's already proved that he can be the top gun on a team. But Jalen Brown has had to take a back seat, and he's had to take more of a back seat than Jason Tatum. And I think this year he's just going to have the reins taken off him. I think the new haircut's going to help him move a little bit quicker to the back. <laughs> and just get, Aerodynamic. No, I, I really do think that he's going to play on a different level this season. Uh, I, can, I can just see it in his eyes. I, I got a lot of faith in that kid, and I think he's going he's gonna to have a big year. Well, the beauty part is, and, and we talked about this on our most recent show with uh, Sean Devaney, is uh, I think that regardless whether he has the same year he had last year or whether he does take that leap forward, he's still getting paid massively in restricted free agency when that inevitably comes along. So either way, he's going to be fine in, in such a, a putrid class, but I would love to see him have that kind of year. It would cost the Celtics a whole lot of money, but I think it's probably going to cost them either way. Yeah, and I'll say this, like again, similar to Gordon Hayward, I don't think that his numbers necessarily have to explode. I think that he just needs to be explosive with the way that he plays at both ends of the court and the impact that he makes with the way that he plays. Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown aren't going to score 20. They're not going to average 10 rebounds, 10 assists, but they are going to be efficient, effective players. And I think Jalen Brown is really going to put, put the onus on the defense this season with the way he's going to take the ball to the rack. We did most improved. This is a different question in kind of a similar vein, which is breakout player. Breakout player. Oof. That one's tough because I think a lot of these guys 
do have you know an established track record. You want mine first? Uh, while you think it, about it, sure, go ahead. Robert Williams. I okay. think Rob, I think I think the Time Lord emerges this year to the point where by the end of the year he's this team's starting center. Now that's an interesting guess and prediction. I, I do think that he's got the potential to really jump jump out to the rest of the league, a, a guy that not a lot of people talk about that could wind up making a serious impact. But And I hate to keep saying the same name, but I think it might be Jalen Brown. You know, I, I think that you know, the last year he really fell uh, back into the shadows when you think about the Celtics. It was all about Horford. It was all about Tatum. It was all about Kyrie. And I think this year he's just going to have more of an opportunity, and I think he's going to come out of those shadows and really have the light shine on him all season. All right, Mark's bosses, if you're listening, turn it down for a sec. This next question is going to be negative. Most dis- most disappointing player on this team. Most disappointing player. Mm, you go first on this one. i got to give this some thought. I think it's going to be Romeo Langford. I realize expectations are not super high, obviously, coming off of the surgery, and that doesn't mean he's going to have a crappy NBA career or anything like that. But purely as a rookie, I think there is a reason, and part of it obviously is health, that we are talking about him third among the rookies, all due respect to Tremont Waters. I don't think he's going to spend much time, if hardly any, in Boston. So really, it's Williams, it's Edwards, they should have roles. Then it's Langford. But you still can't help but look at the fact that he was this team's first draft pick in the first round, and he is a guy that I think after the the thumb surgery, there is a hope that, hey, this guy can shoot, and at least some of the videos we've seen coming out of camp so far, I don't like the form all that much. I'm not certainly going to call him a bust at this point in time. He hasn't played an NBA game, but I am concerned about that pick long-term. I'm definitely concerned about it as a rookie. Okay, I'll say this about Romeo Langford. I, I think that he will be a disappointment this season only for this reason. I don't think he's going to get much playing time because there's a lot of firepower ahead of him. And so I I just don't think that he's going to really get a whole lot of opportunity this season. But I think long-term, I mean, you and I are kind of at opposite ends of the spectrum with him. I think that kid is going to be a player. Uh, And I think in the long term, we're going to find out maybe five years from now we can get on the phone again and talk about this. But I think Romeo Langford is going to be a long-term player in the NBA who really makes an impact. My most disappointing player is going to be Taco Fall. Because I don't okay. think he's going to be on the Celtics. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be up with the main red claws. Okay. All right. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Taco. I was going to get to this one a little bit. I'll just move it up because you mentioned his name. Will Taco Fall play any games for the Celtics? And if so, how many? I do believe Taco Fall will play games for the Celtics at some point due to injuries. And I'm going to put that number at three. Not many. Three games for the Celtics this season. Which, bear in mind, I mean, you know this, but for anyone that that has only been casually paying attention, he doesn't even have a contract right now. He's got that Exhibit 10 contract, but he doesn't have any contract that guarantees him any opportunity in the NBA. And if, in fact, he doesn't get the two-way contract, which the Celtics don't in this moment have available either, he'd have to go with the Exhibit 10, report to Maine, and that's provided no other NBA teams after his summer league performance offer him a deal, which he would be crazy not to take, by the way. There's no reason that he should have a, a specific loyalty to the Celtics. That is the wild card. Does he wind up playing an NBA game elsewhere this year as opposed to Boston? Well, you know, I disagree with you in saying that he shouldn't have any loyalty to Boston because... Tell me. This team, this team took a chance on him right after he went undrafted. This team has worked with him 
all off season to help him turn himself into what many people believe is going to be an NBA player in the long term. And for that reason, I think he does have some loyalty to Boston. And I'll go a step even further, and this isn't based off of any information that I know, but I would think that him and the Celtics and his representatives have already had conversations about what will play out if he does not earn a spot on this team and doesn't get a two-way contract. I think they might have something ready to roll uh, for after training camp if if neither of those two things come to fruition. I think that he winds up with the Celtics organization in one way, shape, or form, be it Maine or be on the Celtics this season. Well, I certainly hope you're right. Love him as much as anyone with the exception of maybe Grant Williams. I know they're best buddies and, uh, you know, want him to wind up on this team. And, and just to provide my answer to the question, also a yes. And I think 15 games. I'm not saying heavy minutes, but I think 15 games he will make an appearance in a Boston Celtics uniform this year. We'll see. All right. Well, I'm taking the under. <laughs> well, that's okay. How about um, impactful in-season trade? And by that, I mean a, a bigger name, you know, a guy that, that really a, a difference maker, not just a role player. Ooh. Well, I'm not going to throw names out there because I can't do that, but I will go with positional needs. But will it, the um, question, I think, if I, I really didn't phrase it right, the question is, will it happen, though? Do you think it will happen? I do not think that will happen. I think that the Celtics are going to be a tight-knit operational team throughout the season. I think they're going to be effective. I think they're wind up, going to wind up being a top-four seed in the East, uh, right around where everyone projects. Um, and I think that they're, gonna, they're going to work well together. I do think that they might wind up making a trade, uh, but I don't think they're going to wind up trading for someone you know who's a top 15, top 20 player in the NBA. I, th- I think that they they might go out um, and acquire someone. As I was going to say at the start of this, before you clarified, I think it might wind up being a center, um, d- depending on how the the group of centers shakes mm-hmm. out over the course of the season. But there's some that are uh, potentially going to be available throughout the season, so they might be able to go out and swipe in and, and grab one. My answer is also no, but. While I agree with your reasoning, my reason is different, which is the answer is no, but not for lack of effort from Danny. I think Danny's always trying. He's always working the phones. I just don't think that guy, whomever it may be, I don't, I don't have a name either, I don't think that guy becomes available in season this year. So I don't think it happens. Yeah, I think it's off season. I'm, I'm with you. How about which player is under the most pressure this year? Well, in my mind, that's undoubtedly Jason Tatum. Uh, because, you know, as we've alluded to a few times so far uh, on this chat, you know, he, he showcased during the 2018 playoffs what he can be. And what he can be is a superstar who can lead a team deep into the postseason. He was not that guy last season. Uh, he spent all summer trying to eliminate that mid-range game from his game. Uh, he was on Team USA, one, one of the starters on that team, obviously underperformed not, not only, you know, him because he was injured, uh, but the team in general, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders to live up to expectations because everyone around here and around the league expects him to be, if not one on the team, then 1A uh, behind Kemba Walker. So he, he's really got to pick it up and, and turn it back to, turn back the clock to what he was during that 2018 postseason. Uh, otherwise, I think he's going to leave some people disappointed. I flip-flopped after writing this question down really between Tatum and Hayward, and ultimately I I landed on Tatum. I think you could easily justify either guy. I agree with you on the one that you picked and won't uh, harp on it because 
in the interest of time, we still have five more of these questions to get to. But I, I do right. think it's going to be a very interesting season for both those guys and, and Tatum in a lot of ways as well. Because we, uh, you know, if, if we do feel like he's going to reach that next level, which is be an all-star, as we both talked about, then he is going to have to, one, apply that pressure, feed into what he was talking about, which is no more of these mid-range jumpers, either get to the free throw line, take a three, you know, be committed what Brad's looking for and what fans are looking for at this point is people buy into new NBA offenses. I, I hope he does. In, I think uh, he will. In, in talking about Brad, and, and this is no way to know this, will, will Brad Stevens give in to the cries of many, definitely of me, and name Marcus Smart his captain? <laughs> I don't think he will. Uh, and, again, this is not based off anything I've heard internally or anything like that. I just don't – I know Brad Stevens um, doesn't – love the notion of captains he loves the notion of you know 15 captains everyone's got their own way of leading um, I think Marcus Smart is essentially the de facto captain on the team you know Definitely. he might not have the title he might not have that C um, but I, I do not think the team will make it official I think um, you know it, it happened with Rondo which was surprising uh, but he had been here for a long time <laughs> also I think it was maybe a demand yeah, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but even if even, even if it was, they they did it because he had been here for a long time. He won a championship, and he was the veteran on a team of young guys um, who were all new to the Boston scene, and he was trying to show them the ropes. Um, you've got some people here who have been in Boston since the start of their career, um, including Marcus Smart. Uh, but again, I think he's the de facto leader of the team. Uh, but I I don't think that they're going to wind up place in that C on his chest not yet at least this year yeah not yet he's earned it but not yet we can wait it's fine yep. he's going, going on what year six at this point it's hard to believe it's yep. been that long year especially six. since he's Crazy. such a young guy i told him the other day on twitter you're getting old man <laughs> this is a tough one totally unpredictable just your feeling will this be a drama free year after last season where players buy into the team concept which is w's rather than personal numbers and there are a lot of guys that could justifiably, like last year, be focused on their individual achievements. But will it be drama-free? Will they buy in? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'll go back to what's something that Brad Stevens said earlier this week, and that it's all it's all rosy the first couple of days of training camp, but it, it's the way that things unravel the rest of the season that matters. I do think that this team is going to stay together. Uh, and the reason I think that is because they've got great people in the locker room, number one. But then at the same time, I think the people who you're referencing who, who are really you know, trying to take the next step in their careers, um, they're also concerned about the team more so than themselves. You know, I think um, it's these scenarios where they're kind of playing for contracts, I don't think that that's going to lead a guy like Jalen Brown or a guy like Jason Tatum who's, who's a year away from restricted free agents. I don't think that's going to lead those guys – um, to you know, having their minds on that instead of the team. And you know, Terry Rozier, great player, great person. I love being around the guy. I think that the contract got in his head a little bit last season. I think that affected his play. I just don't think that that's going to happen this season with the guys who are you know coming up, either entering that position this season or will next season. I just don't see that happening with this team. Michael Jordan made a lot of men rich in his career, and Terry Rozier is just one of the latest. We've got a few more here. Wins prediction. I'm going to go with 51. Mm, I think I'm close. this is a 50 win team. I'm going 51. I got 52. I'm, ta- I'm taking 52. you up by, but yeah, I, I, I see a, a few win improvement off of last year. Uh, you know, to harp on something that we've said, I've said for a zillion shows, everybody has said this is not a unique take. This team is just going to be a lot more enjoyable, fun to watch, hardworking as compared to last year when 
you know, certain players or even the entire team at points took nights off. I don't think you're going to see any of that. I think you're going to see one of those, you know, going back a couple of years and the years prior when they weren't as talented, those overachieving, fun, motivated, hardworking Brad Stevens teams that for the most part we've been used to during his time in Boston. I think this is going to be one of those, which is why I have them at 52. Yeah, Brad Stevens wants this team to represent the city of Boston. He wants the city of Boston to be proud of this team. Blue collar. And that's exactly what you're saying. If they play that way, they're going to win games, bottom line. That in mind, you're 52 or 51, my 52. Where do you expect the Seas to land in the Eastern Conference, just purely regular season standings? I think they're going to wind up at three or four. Um, You know, at the top, I think there's no question that, you know, in my mind, Philadelphia is the leader of the pack in the, in the East. Um, I think they've got the, the, they're, the, you know, they're at the front in terms of trying to get a berth into the finals. Um, and I think Milwaukee is going to take a little bit of a step back. And then there's a group of, you know, three, four other teams right there that can really compete for that three seed. And I think the Celtics are going to be in there, but I don't think they're going to be any lower than fourth. Yeah, I think they're going to be third. I'm with you. It's, it's three or four. I think third, if, if I'm pushed to commit to one of them and, uh, you know, as as we've all said, it's those two teams that they're chasing, obviously, Philadelphia and Milwaukee. So that in mind, our final question after last year, last couple of years, even, you know, an overachievement and an underachievement this year, playoff finish. Where do things end for the Celtics? Well, you know, it's hard to say that before the season because we don't know how this team I mean, it's such a That's new the fun team. part. Uh, but since you're pushing me here, I am. I am going to say conference semifinals game six okay i think it's a tight i think it's a tight series with whoever they're playing against in that second round i think the other team might just have a little bit more talent and polish um you know high-end talent and that that's going to get that team to win in game six well you took it a step farther than me because i uh have put no thought into who they'll play or number of games but landed at the same place second round exit that's where I think things end, except I think it'll end with a uh, a much different taste in all our mouths than last year, obviously. Yeah, very much so. And I will say this, that, you know, it, obviously we don't know what's going to happen with injuries. We Naturally. don't know what's going to happen with this team and, and who's going to develop into what we think they might be. But I think that the Celtics are not far behind those top two teams in the East. So, yes, while we're talking about potentially a second-round exit, there's certainly a chance that this team could make it farther than that. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, my mind that that opportunity does present itself this season. It's just a matter of, you know, what's going to unravel over these these 82 games in the regular season and where these teams land going into the postseason. I think that there is enough talent on this team to beat one of those top two teams in Milwaukee or Philadelphia during the postseason. It's just a matter of all of the pieces falling into the right spot. Like you said, season hasn't started Heck, as we talk, you know, preseason hasn't started. We've not seen this group on the court together. But that's the fun part of these shows. I have a vague recollection of doing something of a a similar vein with Adam Himmelsbach this time last year. Not as in-depth with, you know, the 17 questions, but just going over predictions. A lot more of them were player-centric, looking at individual numbers and, you know, how many assists will this guy average and stuff like that. This was more fun. But we look dumb for a variety of reasons in a bad way, obviously, because we were so high on that team. Maybe this time around you and I will look dumb in a, uh, in, in a good way in, in that this team overachieves even beyond our wildest expectations just like a couple of years ago. That would be a good time. I would not be opposed to that. I don't think anyone this, in this office would be opposed to that. <laughs> I just want to clarify, if you did this with Adam Himmelsbach last year at this time, 
I'm glad that you were able to get a better version this year. <laughs> there you go. We'll make sure he listens to this, too. Uh, awesome. Celtics uh, reporter and analyst Mark D'Amico, thank you very much for the time. We'll do it again, obviously, as the season moves along. And uh, always appreciate you joining me. All right. Appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Great stuff from Mark. And, uh, again, like I said, appreciate when he hops on, always provides good insight. Before we all get out of here, I do want to play this. It's a couple minutes long, but it's it's an interesting listen. Mike Gorman was one of many guests on Chris Mannix's live Boston SI crossover NBA podcast. And, you know, Gorman, you know, we, we know it from when he's been on this show. He doesn't pull any punches. He's actually refreshingly honest about how he feels about the team, unlike your typical TV play-by-play guy or radio play-by-play guy for the, for the home team where everything's rosy. Mike speaks his mind, gives it to you. He's been around too long to, you know, give a damn, basically. Here's my opinion. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you, and I, I love that. It's one of the things, one of the many things that I love about Mike Gorman. Chris asked Mike just about last year and, and about Kyrie Irving, and Mike basically said that he thought last year was doomed from the start. He wasn't with all of us on those high championship-level expectations. You go to the almost in the Eastern Conference. If you're in the Eastern Conference Finals. You almost get to the NBA Finals the year before with this nucleus of guys. Now you're going to integrate two guys into that nucleus, and you're not integrating them at number six and number eight in your roster. You're integrating them at number one and number two in your roster. That just wasn't going to work. I mean, that was an impossible task for Brad to manage the egos of these other guys who are like WTF here. Come on, we went to the, you know went to the finals last year, just about in the finals, all of a sudden these two guys come in and we're running plays for them and all we do is run plays for them and I'm suddenly the fourth option on this and the third option on this. I just thought it was doomed from the very beginning. I, I'm not trying to change my hindsight for which you had something to play because um, I said it at the time. Uh, I, I was asked by the Celtics not to say it too much more. Um, at, but I just didn't see it as a viable uh, solution to their problem that you would have to bring in a one or two guy. And then, you know, these guys were, I thought, kind of nice. Then you brought in Kyrie, who was really just a jerk. Um, you know, he's a wonderful player. I mean, if you're a play-by-play guy, you love doing games that Kyrie's in because he's got such an unbelievable handle and makes great shots at big times and makes great plays. But off the court, I mean, the young man needs some guidance here. I, I, I agree with Bob Ryan in that uh, this is not the last team he's going to play for. He, he can be one of these guys who may go to the Hall of Fame, and he did win a championship in Cleveland with the LeBron James, happened to be on the same team. Um, but uh, he's not le- leading anybody to a championship. Did he has a s- skill level to do it, but he's unless he changes his personality, which is unlikely. I asked Scal this question. I'll ask you, did you see a difference in the 17-18 version of Kyrie and the one from last season? 17-18 version of one? No, not particularly. I, 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 okay, I travel with the team. I'm with them on buses. I'm with them in a- airports. I'm with them, as they say, in the snow in Hanscom's parking lot, shoveling out each other's ca- cars. In the time that Kyrie Irving was with the Celtics, I bet we didn't exchange 10 words. That's he, unusual. He, he didn't want to talk. He didn't want to talk. He didn't want to talk. He'd get on an elevator. He'd look at you and just look the other way. The only two people on the elevator. He just flew in to, you know, to town together. You know, I, I just found him really a strange dude. Really revealing comments. He's made many during Celtics beats as well in the past. And, uh, you know, to hear that, obviously, now fresh off, fully off the Kyrie Irving Boston era. I think we might need to expand on that with Mike a little bit in the coming weeks, see if we can get him on and, and do some more of that. I know a lot of people are tired of a Kyrie talk, just want to move on and, and pretend that those couple of years in some ways never even existed. But to me, it's interesting not to harp on it, but just to dissect it a little bit. Personally, maybe you disagree. 
Hopefully, either way, you continue to tune in. Hopefully, you had fun listening to this one with Mark D'Amico. Again, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Thanks to Evan Valenti, to Nick, Larry, John, everybody at CLNS Media. Of course, thank you to you for listening. We always welcome your feedback. You can get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. Season right around the corner. First preseason game tonight. If you like the shows, subscribe on iTunes. Just search Celtics Beat. Pop right up. Leave a rating, reviews, everything. They make a big difference. We always appreciate it. Subscribe to Plenty of Sound and and these shows, not only on iTunes, but also on YouTube at the CLNS Media page. You can find it there. So, basketball at the Garden tonight. Maybe we see a little bit of this guy. Gino, get us out of here.